I'm Carol Talbot, the creator and founder of The Possibility Hub, taking you beyond the boundaries of who you believe yourself to be and opening up to new possibilities. What gives me a buzz is to make people think and feel differently, to experience the world differently. I love learning, and as a seeker and explorer, I've traveled far and wide, spending over 30 years studying with many wonderful teachers and masters, learning to utilize many different tools, many different techniques to create rapid shifts. I'm the author of You, the Divine Genius, and my passion, my desire, is to create opportunities for an expansion of awareness and consciousness, to allow you to step into a fuller focus of who you really are. This podcast is an advocate for awakening, encouragement, and supporting the development of your superhuman abilities. Just imagine how your life would change if you lived in an open state of awareness where anything is possible. This episode is about creating possibilities with your thoughts. It all starts with mind mastery. Now, have you ever wondered where your thoughts come from? Are they just random? And how long does a thought last? And when something's bothering you, how come those thoughts persist? Is it possible to change habitual thinking patterns no matter how old you are? And where do your thoughts go? In this episode, you'll also discover what thought has to do with consciousness and energy. And more importantly, how you can ensure your thoughts are useful rather than useless. So let's dive right in and find out how you can open the door to new possibilities. In 1912, there was a very interesting book published and written by Charles F. Harnell. And you're going to want to get this book because once you've read this book, I suspect you'll want to read it again and again and again because it instructs you on how to use the power of your mind and your thoughts constructively and creatively. Now, even a simple decision to, well, should we say make a cup of tea or take a shower, it could be the result of a thought that suddenly appeared as you were reading a book or maybe finishing a telephone call at work or driving, walking at any moment of any day. So let's say you're driving along, heading maybe to the office, and then out of nowhere, a new thought comes to mind. Hmm, what shall I buy my friend for her birthday? Now that thought's not related to your journey and it's not related to the day's tasks ahead. That thought just appeared. So where did it come from? Well, the thoughts you have are a result of what you sense and receive and the energy giving rise to the thoughts can come about from a whole myriad of different sources, including what you choose to watch on television what you read in a magazine or newspaper, as well as what you talk about on a regular basis with your family and friends. 
And actually, if you think about it, the media thrives on negativity. And these days also, social media has a huge influence on your thoughts. Many people spend a lot of time on social media. So maybe you've observed that if you watch a particular television series for a few weeks, it's surprising to notice that you end up dreaming about the characters, don't you? Or talking about the series with friends, maybe even in heated discussions. It was Indian philosopher, guru and poet, Sri Aurobindo. He said that all thoughts come from the universal mind and that our mind is not an instrument, it's simply an organizer of knowledge. He said you accept a certain range of ideas based on your affinity and that which we call ourself is just an amalgam of thoughts that have been trapped and then keep circulating. For example, I like this, I don't like that, I detest that, or I'm this kind of person. He said that you may receive and express the same thought or idea differently due to variations in the individual mental consciousness. And also, Sri Aurobindo said, inspiration slips in when the mind falls silent not when the mind is making effort, as is commonly believed. Now, that's his view, and it could lead to uh, the advocation of meditation or hypnosis, or maybe even allowing sound to put you into an altered state. Now, it's also estimated that the average thought only lasts between 6 to 10 seconds. That's right, just six to ten seconds. And what I know is that when I'm bothered or upset by someone or something, I don't know, it's like pushing the repeat button on a music track or movie. I run that experience in my mind over and over and over again. Have you experienced that? So if I'm running the same thought over and over again, it's a bit like going to a movie, isn't it? And if it, if the movie's not very good... Would you go and see that movie again and again and again? Of course not. Yet that's precisely what happens with our thoughts by running the same thoughts on a repeat button. And you probably know people that you describe as, oh, you know, they're always angry. So just for a moment, consider what would they have to be doing in terms of their thoughts to remain angry for so long? What would they have to be doing inside? When I work with clients, this is exactly what I'm interested in. What thoughts are they habitually running which creates their outer experience? And you know, often I meet people who appear happy and positive, yet their outer world is full of lack or chaos or in disarray. And it's like there's an incongruence between what they say, how they appear, and their outer reality. And that's when I have to wonder what thoughts are going on inside. And thankfully, because I'm curious, what often happens is we can uncover those thought patterns when we work together. Those thought patterns that where there's an incongruence. And that leads to the good news, because... Yes, you do exert some power over your thoughts by directing your attention. 
So it's like a torch when you focus on something specific. So just for a moment, imagine you're in a huge, dark warehouse. And all you can see is what your torch is shining on. So imagine taking that torch and then moving it and lighting up other areas of the warehouse. You begin to see different things. You begin to see possibilities. So your thoughts can often be directed towards what's wrong rather than what's right. When you have a thought, your brain cells communicate with one another via a process called neuronal firing. And when brain cells communicate frequently, the connection between them strengthens and it creates a pathway. And this enables faster transmission. So if you practice hitting a tennis ball or golf ball enough times, it becomes automatic and your neurons wire and fire together that way. What that means is that your patterns in thinking literally become embedded in the network of brain cells. And each time you repeat a particular thought, the connection between those cells becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Now that's all good and well if you're running a pattern of positive thinking. And if you're continually sidetracked by poor habits and pessimistic thoughts, then what you're going to find is that you get stuck in a loop. And that probably explains why some people find it so difficult to change. Because the more these negative thought loops run, the stronger the neural pathways become and the more difficult it becomes to stop them. Now, I don't know if any of you remember the old vinyl records, maybe showing my age here. Uh, If you do, then they used to get stuck in a groove and, and then you'd end up hearing the same four notes over and over and over again until you nudged the needle along. So if you've heard the saying stuck in a rut, now you know the reason it's so true. So it was once believed that the human brain had a relatively small window of opportunity to develop new pathways in a lifespan. And after that, the pathways became carved in stone, so to speak. And it's probably a reason you often hear older people say, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks or I'm too old to change. Well, this is where the field of neuroplasticity is opening up to new possibilities on how learning takes place. And the good news, you can teach an old dog new tricks. As uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is fond of saying, neurons that wire together, fire together. And then neurons that fire apart, wire apart. And what this means is that it is possible to change and that if you want to learn, say, a new skill or even a new way of being, a new neural pathway is created the more you practice. In fact, studies have been performed on plasticity during meditation, and they've shown that the brain can change based purely on mental training. And this, of course, has huge implications for mental practice and its impact on overall well-being. To highlight the mental aspect, 
Australian psychologist Alan Richardson ran an experiment with a group of basketball players. He divided the group of basketball players into three groups. And the first group would practice putting the ball into the net for about 20 minutes every day. The second group would only visualize themselves making free throws, but no real practice was allowed. And then the third group were not allowed to physically practice and no visualization or mental rehearsal either. Well, weeks later, the results were astounding. There was a significant improvement from the group that only visualized. They were almost as good as the guys had actually practiced. And what this highlights is the power of focused thought. When you set aside time to mentally visualize and rehearse a new skill and to focus your thoughts. Imagine the implications on all areas of your life when you simply set aside time to mentally visualize and rehearse a new skill to really focus your thoughts. Imagine the implications on all areas of your life when you set aside time to mentally visualize and rehearse a new skill, to really focus your thoughts. I remember a couple of years ago, I met an interesting scientist when I was visiting Mexico, and she told me she'd been in hospital for several months just prior to her meeting, and I was surprised about that because the muscles on her arms were very, very well defined as if she'd been working out in a gym on a regular basis. She told me that, in a way, she had been going to the gym and working out every day. Only the gym that she was using was in her mind. Now, John Hagelin, PhD, Professor of Physics and Director of the Institute of Science, Technology and Public Policy at the Maharishi University, he says, it's important to recognize that our body is really the product of our thoughts. And we're beginning to understand in medical science the degree to which the nature of our thoughts and emotions actually determine the physical substance and structure and function of our bodies. I'm just going to interrupt this podcast briefly to tell you about the 11-Day Mind Power Challenge. Mental power is creative power. It gives you the ability to create for yourself. And if you want to understand how to utilize your mind effectively for good, then allow me to invite you to a free 11-day Mind Power Challenge. Over 11 days, I'll be sharing with you simple, powerful, and effective tools and techniques to awaken and harness the potential and creative power of your mind. It's completely free, and you can gain access by visiting www.thepossibilityhub.com. So let's go deeper and talk about how you can use the power of your mind and thoughts constructively and creatively and that book I mentioned earlier. So what is this book? that's so good 
that I mentioned earlier. It's called The Master Key, and it was originally published way back in 1912 by Charles F. Harnell. And it was originally published as a six-month correspondence course, 24 lessons delivered to students once per week. And here's the good news for you. The Master Key is available for free on many platforms on the internet. So after you finish listening to this podcast, I highly recommend you search and you download a copy for yourself to enjoy. Mental power is creative power, and it gives you the ability to create for yourself. Every thought brings into action certain physical tissue, parts of the brain, nerves, and muscles, and this produces an actual physical change in the construction of the tissues and the neurons that I talked about earlier. So that means it's only necessary to have a certain number of thoughts on a given subject in order to bring about a complete change whether that be physical changes in your body, like the Mexican scientist I talked about earlier, or in your external environment. And this is how failure can be changed to success. If you're operating from thoughts of failure, despair, lack, limitation and discord, then these thoughts take root and start to appear in the physical body and in your external world too. If those thoughts can be substituted for thoughts around courage, power, inspiration, harmony, well then life starts to take on a different meaning as you change yourself, your environment, your circumstances and conditions, all of those change as well. So just imagine the possibilities are truly endless. Now, you don't need to acquire this this power, because you already have it. And what you do need to do is understand it. And you also need to have that desire to use it. It's said that we must be before we actually do. And we can only do to the extent of which we are, of who we're being. And what we are and who we're being depends upon what we think. So every thought is a cause and every condition an effect. So for this reason, it's absolutely essential that you control your thoughts so you can bring forth only desirable conditions. Consciousness is the all-pervading form that the universe is composed of. In fact, there's nothing that's not composed of consciousness. It simply is. The wholeness of which we're composed of. Energy is consciousness, and consciousness is energy. They're the same. So when you're healing with very specific codes of consciousness, you're actually healing with the content of your thoughts, which could be symbols, codes, constructed linguistic templates, even light and sound grids. Consciousness is simply that which exists, and there's nothing that exists that's not the result of thought. Therefore, you can be co-creators because you have the power to think, 
to use your thoughts to create and to see your thoughts manifest in this world. So thoughts are consciousness, thoughts are energy, and thoughts are things. And it's thoughts that take the consciousness that isn't formed yet, and your thoughts provide a blueprint, a framework, through which consciousness can continue to build up until it reaches a critical point where it begins to flesh itself out, so to speak. Because every thought creates a kind of grid or a pattern. Every time you think a thought, you're leaving an imprint within the frequency bands in which your consciousness is stationed within. So you're going to run into that thought pattern in combination with other thought patterns from the collective consciousness as a manifestation in physical reality. So when you have a thought, what happens is it begins to draw similar patterns of thinking into the same field. Your present manifest reality is basically composed of the thought forms of your past and future selves and the thought forms you presently hold. So every thought you think now combines with like thoughts to give you the manifest reality you currently perceive. So like thought and action attract and re-manifest like thought and action. Is this making sense? So remember, thought is energy. Active thought is active energy. Concentrated thought is concentrated energy. Thought concentrated on a definite purpose becomes your power. And this is the power which is being used by those who don't believe in, you know, self-denial, who believe in having and creating what they want in the world. Now, remember, mind is not the dynamic phase of consciousness. Thought is the dynamic phase. And it's thought that creates the rippling of consciousness in the first place from the unformed. Consciousness if you think about it, is in a still state. It's actually thought that sets a process in motion. In other words, consciousness starts taking shape and you need the thought for it to take the shape. And you're always in the act of creating thought forms. So it's important to get aware and conscious of what you're creating and to become aware and conscious of all the thought forms that are around you that came into your collective consciousness, that come into your morphogenetic field, so to speak. So notice who you surround yourself with and what their thought patterns are. Now, how can you recognize and catch any negative thoughts? Well, Here's the way you do it. Your thoughts are also expressed through language, the words you use. So it's really worth considering what language you use on a regular basis and whether that language is creating a powerful external reality and creating positive feelings for you or moving you in the other direction. It was Buddha who said, all that we are 
is the result of what we thought. The mind is everything. What we think, we become. So your language has a direct connection with your thoughts. You know, the words that come out of your mouth don't just happen by accident. They have a direct relationship with the thoughts that are going through your mind at any point in time. The thought is actually used to generate the language that comes out of your mouth. And as your actions are all primarily unconscious, you know, it can sometimes be extremely revealing to listen to your language and then realize what thoughts you're running on a regular basis. So what I'm going to be doing is going deeper into language and language patterns in a future podcast. Because when you change your language, you change your thoughts. And it works vice versa. When you change your thoughts, you change your language. And you know what? In recent experiments and studies in Russia, they've even proved that human DNA can actually be reprogrammed by the words we speak. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm thrilled to be sharing possibilities with you. If you want more, then check out the link on my website to the free 11-day mind power challenge at thepossibilityhub.com. And if you feel that others can benefit from listening in to this podcast, then please share, review or like or follow on Instagram, Carol K. Talbot. And remember, you're always more than you think you are.